You are listening to the Professional Writer Podcast, episode number 70. My first career out of college was teaching high school English and journalism. My husband was also a high school teacher. He taught math. We plan to adopt children, and since adoption fees are significant, we began aggressively saving our money. In fact, we saved a full year salary for one of us. Another way of putting that is early in our marriage, we began living off of one teacher salary, and we put the other salary into savings. After adopting our children, we continued living off of one salary, and we still do it to this day. Lest you think that we are rolling in dough, wow, two full-time teacher salaries. Here's the reality. I taught full-time for nine years, and then I taught part-time for two years. When I first started teaching, my gross salary was a whopping $12,000 per year. Yes, you heard that right. I learned recently that I can soon begin collecting retirement benefits at an amount of $106 a month. My husband did teach for over 30 years, and his last six or so years, he taught part-time. Because we were so diligent about investing and saving, he was able to retire 10 years earlier than most teachers, even though his retirement income is based on the salary that he earned as a part-time teacher during those last few years of teaching. After 30 plus years of him teaching and me doing a combination of teaching, freelancing, and business owning, he came home one day and told me, we've earned a million dollars. What he meant is that if you added up both our salaries for all the previous 30 years, it totaled $1 million gross. So not $1 million per year, $1 million over the course of 30 years for two people. I am very, very grateful that I live in a country and during an era in which earning a million dollars during a lifetime still means that I'm a one percenter. I'm in the top one percent of the world's population in terms of wealth. And I suspect that most of you listening to this podcast are also one percenters. What kind of cracks me up is when prospective clients contact me. 98.6% of them inform me that they are on a fixed income. I always inwardly chuckle when they tell me that because I get what it means to be on a fixed income. I'm on one too, and I've been on one my entire adult life. When you're an author, either an aspiring author or a multi-published author, or like me, you serve in a supportive role for authors, money is often tight. We learn to live frugally, we spend cautiously and wisely. Many writers tell me that they struggle with guilt because there's this constant pressure to attend conferences, buy programs, invest in training and coaching and equipment, and to buy books, lots and lots of books. The problem is we're not sure whom to trust or which tools of the trade we should invest in and how much they should cost. We worry that our investments might not pay off if we don't achieve our hoped-for goals. When you launch a writing-related business or ministry, you are definitely stepping into the unknown. You are stepping out in faith. As a longtime owner of a writing-related business, I can assure you that you will make mistakes, expensive mistakes that result in little or no return on your investment. I've made mistakes to the tune of $10,000, which I'll tell you about in a future episode. Yeah, I know that's probably not the type of assurance that you were hoping for, but it is the reality of being an entrepreneur. You will also be delighted that some of your investments will reap lifelong benefits that you never expected. 
Now, that's the best part of being an entrepreneur or a writerpreneur, if you will. What I want to do in this new podcast series that kicks off today is to acquaint you with some investments that you can make in your writing business. I will share with you the tools that I currently invest in to run my own business, and I'll tell you how much they cost. I'll also introduce you to some cool tools that I crowdsource through listeners of the podcast, and I'll bring on guests who are going to give you some details about how they use certain tools. I don't want you to feel obligated to use or buy any of the tools that you'll learn about. Just because I use them and love them doesn't necessarily mean that you have to use them or love them. My suggestions are by no means a definitive list of tools. There are a ton of great tools out there that I don't use, but that you might find essential to doing business. As unique individuals with unique needs, what works for me may be very different than what works for you. I want these episodes to be a safe place where you can learn about different tools of the writing trade, try them out if you wish, and hopefully discover some new tools that will make your job or ministry less stressful and more enjoyable. Welcome, friend, to the Professional Writer Podcast. I'm Laura Christensen, and I am here to help you confidently plan, launch, and grow your writing-related business. In the show notes for today's episode over at bloggingbistro.com, there is a link that you can click to subscribe to the podcast, and I will email you a notification about every new episode. You'll also receive my bonus quick start guide, Essential Resources for Running a Writing Business, which plays right into what we're talking about these next few episodes on the podcast. I'm using this first episode in this series as an introduction to the series. And in just a minute, I'm going to give you five simple action steps that you can begin taking as soon as this episode ends. So stay tuned. Here's an overview of the series. In the next episode, we're going to talk about three types of expenses that you need to budget for. There are one-time expenses, annual expenses, and monthly expenses. I'll tell you exactly which tools I spend money on, how much I budget for each of these tools per month and per year, and why I love these tools. And then I'm going to do a series of crowdsourced episodes where my listeners share their favorite tools. We're going to look at professional development tools, writing aids, publishing tools, project management tools, promotional tools, and productivity tools. As you begin hearing about all these tools of the trade, I know it will get your creative juices flowing, and you'll want to make sure that I include your favorite tools in an upcoming episode. And I do really want to hear from you about this. So if you haven't done so already, I invite you to join the Professional Writer Podcast Facebook group and post in one of the threads that I'll be setting up Or you can just email me directly, laura, L-A-U-R-A, at bloggingbistro.com. Who knows? You may end up being a guest on an upcoming episode. So we're going to move right into five massive action steps that you can take today. We're starting with these five basic free things that all writers can do to help you find great deals on tools for your business things that will help you gain visibility and to interact with prospective readers and book buyers, and maybe even to earn a little bonus income. So here is the first thing that you can do right now. 
you can subscribe to AppSumo, A-P-P-S-U-M-O. And for all of these things that I'm going to be going over with you, I have the link to them in the show notes at bloggingbistro.com. So head over there and look for the links that are inside of episode 70. I like AppSumo because what they do is send hot deals to your inbox. And oftentimes these deals give you a lifetime membership in what would normally be a service that you pay monthly or annually for. And some of these deals start as low as $40. Subscribe to AppSumo. That is your first action step. These next four action steps you can batch because you're going to go through an almost identical process for each one. Here are the things that you're going to need. You're going to need an updated author bio, a recent headshot of yourself, a link to your website, your blog and or your podcast feeds, the links to those feeds, one or more social media links, and that is to social media channels on which you are active, and links to your books if you have any published books. What you'll be doing is replicating these items in various places, your Amazon Associates account, your Amazon author page, on bookshop.org, and for your Goodreads author profile. So let's talk about each one of those for a minute. Second massive action step is to set up an Amazon Associates affiliate account. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Amazon Associates affiliate account. (laughs) Let's just call it Amazon Associates. And again, the link to Amazon Associates to get that set up is in the show notes. Once you set up your Associates account, you can share a custom link to qualifying books, and that could include books that you have published and other products that Amazon sells. There are quite a few of them last time I checked. And you earn a commission when people purchase items through your links. Very handy. I've been an Amazon associate, wow, for, I don't know, probably ever since the program started. And I don't actively promote stuff on Amazon associates, but I still get, oh, maybe $15 or $20 per month in affiliate income. Kind of a nice little commission that helps pay your expenses for other small things that you might want to buy or subscribe to. The third massive action step is to join Amazon Author Central, if you haven't already. If you have published books that are available on Amazon, you'll want to join Author Central and set up your author page. You will, on that author page, you will post your updated bio, your headshot, you can add your books, the ones that are available on Amazon. You can add your blog feed and your podcast feed. You can upload images and videos. Like if you have a trailer for your book, you could upload that. Here's the thing about the Amazon Author Central. Amazon is giving you a free mini website just to promote your books. Why not use it? Massive action step number four. If you are looking for an alternative to Amazon, and I realize that there are probably a couple people in the world who don't use Amazon, you can try bookshop.org. There's a really good article about bookshop.org written by my literary agent friend, Janet Grant, on the Books and Such blog. I'll have the link for that in the show notes so you can read her blog post. In a nutshell, bookshop.org is a way for you to buy books online from a local bookseller. They dedicate most of their profits to supporting local independent bookstores and authors and publications that cover books. Unlike Amazon, Bookshop.org features many books by and about people of color. 
We're going to pause here for our word nerd moment, which we have occasionally here on the Professional Writer Podcast, where I define acronyms and other words and phrases that you might be unfamiliar with. So our word nerd moment for today is an acronym, BIPOC, B-I-P-O-C. This is a relatively new acronym, and if you're not yet familiar with it, you need to get familiar with it today, right now. It stands for Black Indigenous People of Color. That is the type of books and authors that bookshop.org is currently featuring. Authors can become affiliates at bookshop.org, and you can earn 10% of every purchase made from your bookshop sales, and then a matching 10% will go to support independent bookstores. That's pretty cool. To become an affiliate, you first must create a bookshop account. And on your profile page, you add your bio, your headshot, etc., same as you did for Amazon. So that's why I said you get that bio and headshot and all that stuff, that packet of content created up front, and then you just replicate it on all these different services. Once your profile on bookshop.org is set up, you can then create your free affiliate account. Once you have that account set up, you can make book recommendation lists, which will promote books by authors that you recommend. If you'd like to see an example of a bookshop.org page, I suggest that you visit West Coast Christian Writers online bookstore, and that will be over at westcoastchristianwriters.com. And you'll see a link up at the top in their menu that says, I think it says bookshop or bookstore. They feature books that are authored by faculty members at their conferences. And so it's a really good example for you to take a look at to see how one organization is promoting books via bookshop.org affiliate links. Massive action step number five, create a Goodreads account and set up your author profile you will go through a very similar process as you did for setting up your Amazon author page, uploading your bio, your headshot, your books, your blog or podcast feed, videos, and your favorite quotes. Goodreads offers a variety of ways for authors to connect with readers and to promote their books. If you are an author who is looking at getting a book published, or perhaps you already have a book or multiple books published, Goodreads is a very, very good place for you to spend some time and have a presence. If you are an author and you do use Goodreads to your advantage, I would love to hear from you because I'm not a big Goodreads user because I'm not currently writing books. As I said before, I'm in a supportive role of people who are writing books. So I would love to hear from you and possibly feature you as a guest on the podcast if you use Goodreads and you're getting a lot of mileage out of it as an author. I want to know what you're doing. Let's share it with other people email me, laura at bloggingbistro.com. I would love for you to join the discussion about these five tools, these free, easy to implement tools that I have introduced you to today. Head over to the Professional Writer Podcast Community. That's our private Facebook group for listeners. We're here to support and encourage and challenge and learn from each other and with each other. You'll find a link to the group in the show notes for episode number 70 at bloggingbistro.com forward slash podcast, along with links to all the other things I shared with you today. Well, I am really excited for this series that we are kicking off today. I have lots of really, really great tools that I am looking forward to sharing with you. Thanks so much for listening. Talk with you again next time.